live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Why don't we start with the Ravens? Hey, Raven fan, be more. How you living? Have you called the fire department yet? Because where there is smoke, there is generally fire, and it looks like your damn house is ablaze. Seriously, the hell is going on there, Ravens fan? Believe me, your players want to know the same thing. They've got the same question. Now, generally, when I think about buttoned-up franchises in the NFL, franchises that you want to emulate, the Ravens are one of those franchises because of their stability, their consistency, their sustained competitiveness. You know, franchises like the Ravens, Chiefs, Steelers, Niners, these are the types of teams that come to mind. Or at least it used to be like that because whatever it is that's going on in BMOR right now is the exact opposite of buttoned up and stability. I mean, obviously, you've got that back and forth between Lamar Jackson and the team regarding his contract. I mean, I'm obviously not there for it. I'm not privy to those discussions. But from the outside looking in, no one on either side is saying anything of any substance which leads me to believe that there is nothing of substance taking place in the way of negotiations. And now they're on the clock, and they're running out of time. They're running out of the time in the sense, like Eric DaCosta, their GM, would say, no, we're not. We're actually not running out of time. But they are running out of time, and I'll tell you why. They're running out of time in the sense that if they don't get a deal done, and it certainly doesn't look like they're going to get a deal done, They're going to have to then hit him with one of the two franchise tags. Now, that may or may not go well. Maybe Lamar accepts the franchise tag, shows up, and goes to work. Or maybe Lamar doesn't like that and says, you know what? I'm not cool with that. Trade me. So they do have deadlines. Maybe artificial deadlines, but deadlines. Because they're going to have to tag him if they don't get a deal done soon. Deadlines can typically spur action. Deadlines can heighten negotiations and a sense of urgency. I'm just not sure that's the case there because these two sides appear to be, and again, I'm not there, but the two sides appear to be really far apart. The two sides appear to be dug in for where they are. Like if Lamar sees Deshaun Watson's guaranteed deal as a precedent and the Ravens see that deal as an outlier And an anomaly and not a comp, then what? Where does that leave them? Does Lamar then accept the franchise tag? One more sidebar on the tag. The team really can't do anything about anything else that matters until they know what they're doing with Lamar. Until they know which of the two tags they're going to go with or whether or not they get a long-term deal done. So everything's on hold right now, including the most important thing. So again... Does he accept a tag if they hit him with a tag? Or does he say to management, F them franchise tags. F F them them franchise tags. And then ask for a trade. I'm just saying it looks and feels bad, right? I could be wrong. Hey, lo and behold, maybe come next week there's a deal done. And that's all great. Doubt it. But maybe. But that's not their only problem. That is far and away their biggest problem. But not their only problem. Did you see what their supposed number one wideout, Rashad Bateman, tweeted yesterday when he went in on DaCosta after DaCosta went in on his own receiving core? And he did so publicly, something you rarely see, and especially from that guy. But the GM said, quote, if I had an answer, that would probably mean I would have some better receivers. We're going to keep swinging. There have been some guys that have been successful players for us that were draft picks. We've never really hit on that all-pro type of guy, which is disappointing, but it's not for a lack of effort. That's one of those anomalies that I really can't explain other than to say that we're not going to stop trying. End of quote. I don't know. You know what that sounds like to me? If I had to decode that, our receivers suck. And it's not my fault. I've tried. Of course, Bateman's mad. Of course he saw that and is mad. Who wouldn't be? So he did what most in his position should not do, but I'm glad that he did do. He immediately reached for his phone 
and he thumbed out the following, quote, how about you play to your player's strength and stop pointing the finger at us and number eight, blame the one you let do this. We take heat 24-7 and keep us healthy and care about us and see what happened. Ain't no promises, though. Tired of y'all lying and capping on players for no reason. End of tweet. Alvin, you can go ahead and hit that guy with a straight fire. That is a bomb. And of course, thanks, Alvin. Today would be great. Of course he deleted the tweet in less than an hour. And apologized. And, of course, it didn't matter. Because, like I always say, the internet is in ink. You can delete or erase anything, but it's there forever. Even if it's only up for a few moments. And former and current teammates were quick to jump in to his defense. Former Raven first-rounder Hollywood Brown, who obviously has got an axe to grind because they had jettisoned him to Arizona. But he replied with, quote, let him cook. Let him cook. Let Bateman cook. In other words, let him keep talking. Wait, there's more. (laughs) There's more. Then you've got that NFLPA report, the report card, which came out, which made a lot of teams and organizations look like crap. Made them look like Division III college programs, not the NFL teams they're supposed to be, especially the Ravens. 1,300 players. Across the NFL, we're asked to evaluate their own organization in eight different categories. One of the categories was strength staff. The Raven players gave the Ravens strength staff an F minus. F minus. F minus. F. I didn't even know that existed. I didn't even know they handed those out. Apparently, that's how bad Baltimore strength staff has been. And if you look at the last two years, if you listen to Jim Rome's Big Head Bets, the pod, the legendary award-winning pod, we talked about it every single week. The health status of the Ravens, or lack thereof. And if you look at them the last couple of years, they've had a lot of injuries, especially soft tissue injuries. So you start to wonder. Baltimore has been one of the most injured teams the last couple of years. So, of course, their players gave the strength and conditioning staff not an F, F. but an F minus. Do you know how much they must hate that staff to add the minus to the F? F. Not even a D minus. Not even an F. An F F minus. And on top of that, that wasn't one of those things where we're going to give you an F minus, but... We need you to protect our anonymity. Guys, put their name to it. Former Raven Carl Davis tweeted, quote, I was definitely a victim of the strength coaches, two labrums, and multiple pec strains. Also, Quincy Adebayo wrote, quote, definitely ruined my career. Three years season ending injuries in a row after being healthy my entire career prior. End of quote. So, of course, Baltimore then breaks off their strength coach, Steve Saunders. But I'm sure for a lot of these guys, it was obviously way too little, way too late. And, by the way, for Lamar, Lamar's health has not exactly been on his side either. Jackson. And neither is time. Again, where there is smoke, there is generally a fire. In Baltimore, it might finally be time to lob the freaking fire department a phone call because it looks like your house is burning down, yo. Now, I don't want to single them out. There are other bad report cards. As bad as that F- is, at least the Ravens aren't the Jags. Granted, there's a ton to like about the Jags and the Jags are set at quarterback and the Ravens have a major question mark at quarterback. And the Jags don't have players sniping at management right before the draft. But the Jags have something the Ravens don't have. At least I think. Rats. And you can go ahead and use one T, two Ts, three Ts. I don't care. They got rats. When the players were asked what's the number one thing they want changed at their facility, 
The answer was unanimous. Get rid of the rats. What do you think about when you think about the NFL? Do you think about like incredibly pristine facilities? Like the nicest club ever? Weight training. Cold plunges. Hot tubs. Plasmas. Rats. Heartbreaking. Incredible. Players reported that for three to four weeks this season, there was a crazy rat infestation in the locker room and also in the laundry hampers. Yes, clones. Even Najee would not have gone near that laundry basket. In other words, my backyard grotto could have been Jaguars West. Then again, considering 2021, they had the ultimate rat and perv, Urban Meyer. Stayed to see the grandkids. The rats of 2022 probably were an upgrade. They probably were smaller. Oh, yeah. You know I love that sound. That is my favorite sound ever. That is the best kind of sound because that is the best kind of notification because what that sound is is another sale on Shopify. The moment another business dream becomes a reality. I love it. Shopify, the commerce platform, which is revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Here's how this works. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. And it covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And what's incredible to me is Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, they're there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business and take it to the next level. Now it's your turn to get serious about selling and trying Shopify right now. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period of shopify.com slash Rome, all lowercase R-O-M-E. Go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. Take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E Rome. Gilbert Arenas is my guest. Gilbert, it's been a minute or so. What's going on? How are you? <laughs> yes, how you doing? Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm doing very well. Good, dude. Good. It's great to have you. So let me start with the show. The show, I've been checking it out. Good content. Really good show. And you actually were a part of the new media before it was termed the new media. And you're still rolling with it. You guys are pushing mm -hmm. out good content. What can you tell me about the show? And then how much fun are you having with it? Um, the, the show itself is just, you know, the player's uh, perspective. Um, you know, when we're... When we're in our careers, you know, we have to be a little bit of uh, media trained. So um, expressing ourselves usually um, is considered ranting. So um, outside the court, you know, the new media is, you know, the player's perspective from, you know, how the game looks. We're talking to Gilbert Arenas. And in terms of that, <laughs> you said some things recently that I thought were really funny. Like, I mean, legit. <laughs> Legit, but funny. Like, old heads and old school types were defending their era recently on social, saying that the 80s brand of ball was definitely better than this generation's ball. And you countered that by saying, quote, the 80s cannot compete with the 90s, 2000s, and now. It's a pointless argument. So that's a pretty strong take in and of itself. Why is that a pointless argument, and why is ball so much better now than it was back then? Because evolution, um, you know, cars are better now than they were. They're faster, they're stronger. Um, when you look at, you know, 80s, it's our first memory of it, right? It's the first time that we got to see Magic and Bird. That's the 80s. 80s is Magic and Bird. Everyone else is basically irrelevant because that's what the league was pushing. It was only two channels back then, you know, Magic, Bird. So when you're talking about the league itself, uh, you know, you have – you know, 300 and 400 people being drafted every year. The league was turning itself over. Um, so it wasn't at its peak. It, it wasn't. It was the beginning of two um, leagues merging together. So the talent pool wasn't as strong as it is today. So it's our first memory. It's like, you know, 80 saying Atari is the best um, video game system. To them it is, not to the rest of the world. You mean Space Invaders and Asteroids? 
We're not the best <laughs> video games ever. Gilbert Arena is joining us. All right, so having, having said all that, having said all that, you had an amazing take, though, as to why MJ is actually the GOAT. So having said that, why would you have Jordan over LeBron and everybody else as the GOAT? I actually do this every year. I usually just switch from LeBron to MJ each year. You know, no one has figured that out yet. I, I just flip-flop because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, picking, you know, who likes chocolate or who likes vanilla. You know, I'm one of those people who like, who I like them both. So it's really unfair. Um, the times when Jordan was coming in, um, the game was different. You know, um, he was a rock star. Um, he had an easier, I, I think he had an easier path than LeBron. LeBron playing, I, I don't think Jordan, you know, when you talk about, you know, the rumors of Jordan, how Jordan lived his life. I don't think if you switch the two, I, I don't think Jordan goes through the 2000s unscathed like LeBron did. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's never had a ticket in his life. So, you know, what he's accomplished, um, it, 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 it makes him goatish. Um, when it comes to just the overall picture of what a GOAT's supposed to be, you know, you, you have to give LeBron credit for having a having a pure, clean image in an uh, 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 era where everything is everything is filmed. Well, no doubt. And also Mike benefited Gilbert from the fact that there's no social media. But I'm a Michael Jordan Right. But there was no mm -hmm. social media. Listen, correct me if I'm wrong. The reason I want to bring this up and you laid it out. That's a good argument. Did you or did you not say recently the reason MJ is the goat, at least this year, is because he was the one who was able to rid the league of coke? <laughs> yes. yes. I, I mean, when you think about it, like I know I throw humor into everything, but if the 70s and the 80s was like it was a Coke league, you know, it's the, it's the dark side of the NBA that no one really wants to talk about. But, you know, when you're talking about MJ himself, you know, you're trying to be high garden, you know, uh, what they call him the black cat at the time. I mean, it really puts things in perspective that, you know, he comes out of the, the, the gates averaging 28 and he's running circles around these guys really made them refocused on, you know, how you approach the game. And that's goat. You know, that's that's what a GOAT is when you change the dynamic of what the league was really doing at that time and say, man, we got to clean ourselves up, you know, to really to really guard this man. Gilbert Arenas joining us. Hey, facts like Gilbert, I'm old enough to know. I remember when the association was on tape delay in the NBA finals, tape delayed NBA finals mm -hmm. at 1130 at night. So that was a real thing. Like just I know you weren't there at that time, but like how rampant was the booger sugar? I mean, were guys running up and down the floor high? Yes, listen, I before I do any take, I'll talk to players. I'll talk to the 80s players. I'll talk to 70s players and see behind the scenes, like what was really going on, just the league itself. You know, you're just trying to be, you know, a student of the, you know, the game you played so you can give information to, you know, future players, you know, fans. Um, but it was really, it was really a bad thing, you know, doing it in the locker rooms, doing it before games, doing it after games. When I came in, when I came into the league, 2001, Blazers, it was a Blazers game where, um, packet of cocaine is falling out of socks you know and and as a young kid i'm like why would you have it in the game are you planning on doing it on the bench like you know just so many questions was asked so you know when you talk about the 70s and the 80s i mean you're talking about a time where america was going through this so you can't exclude nba players um or just athletes in general so it was one of those times where you know it was just accepted you know i i i guess you know, we heard it from MJ in the last dance of his whole team was a part of it. Hey, now, are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Reach for a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty. It's tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying that way. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And clones, if you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what is your beef? 
No, I appreciate this, Gil. You're right. I mean, back in the day, people were doing some crazy things in the clubs. However, even as recently, like you just said, when you got in the league in 01, like you saw packets of toot, packets of blow falling out of guys' socks during games. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Yes. Incredible. Yes. Incredible. Yes. Incredible. Yes. Yes. It was, it was, it was, a. If, that, that's why I was like, if it's happening here, I can just only imagine you know, when the league didn't really have the the rules it has now. So, um, you know, I don't take anything away from the guys. It's just, it's a different, it's a different time. So, you know, we just stay in our eras and, and we just, you know, we were good then. We're not as good as we think we, you know, we were or we are now. I mean, Gil, do you say to a guy, hey, yo, bro, your Coke is right there. It fell out of your sock, man. <laughs> no, I just looked and was like, Yo, what is the, is that? What I think it is, and just put it in his. Is that is that the Bolivian marching powder? Like is that is that the booger sugar? <laughs> is that the booger sugar at the free throw line? Hey, go really quickly. You you told you told a great story the other day too that at the start of the 0405 season, you were telling a story about how you were talking some junk about Dwayne Wade, and it was before the season. What did you say about him? And then what happened? It's a great story. So you know he's young. Um, he's young. It's the you know, it's it, Shaq is there. Um, I think this was this is 0506. No, it's 0405. Uh Shaq is there. Um <laughs> and the heat, like you know, they just came from um Olympics. So, you know, that's when um the Europeans was playing zone defense. So, you know, everybody was on Dwayne Wade. And I'm like, man, you know, forget them. It's us. You know, we'll just we'll just guard them like they did. Just play zone because he can't shoot. Um, and yeah, you know, they're you, coming you up. Said and that. I'm you said that. You said that. His yes, I said it. Yeah, I was, you know, I was I was at the mouth just running. <laughs> and I can see his progression every game. And I'm like, oh man, I don't. I think I'm going to regret what I just said. So when when Miami Heat came to town, I got his number and I actually called him at his room to to basically just I need to see the temperature here, right? Now, let me see the temperature. Hey, Mr. Wade. <laughs> hey, Flash. Um, <laughs> oh, what was read in the paper? I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it was uh, it was taken out of context. You know, I tried to you know I was trying to like ease what was going on because I can see the storm coming and I didn't want to be in the way of it. I got caught into the hurricane of 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 Wade. <laughs> Kill what happened in the game? <laughs> oh, that game he he destroyed. He he dest he destroyed. Listen, he destroyed Larry Hughes, and I think Coach did it on purpose. Took Larry Hughes out so I can get a a little bit of you know my uh, my actions of of verbiage, and. It was it was unreal. It just lets you know how with the talent was coming in at that time. Very athletic. I mean, like I you can see why they called him Flash. I was fast, but um, it, it was just quick, fast, and powerful. And I, I, our our matchups was was really unfair. I don't really think I he like he destroyed our matchups. It was like one of those things that I know he took took personal. He took it personal. He really took that personal. Hey, Gil, before you go, don't all the great ones take it personally? Don't you almost have to take it personally? I've never seen anybody do anything great without taking it personally. Don't you almost have to? Yes, when you're when you're talking about elite-level athletes, um, it becomes a challenge, right? When you're talking about, I want to be the best, you have to find the littlest things to turn into fuel because, you know, when you are the best, you know, sometimes you can say, I'm just better than everyone. And then you can be con complacent with that. But when you're talking about the, the Jordans, the Kobe's, the birds, LeBron's, the Wayne Ways, Tiger Woods, and, and the Brady's, um, they're trying to figure out how to keep the fire going. So they create narratives themselves of it could be just something little and they're going to turn it into something big just to keep themselves you know, ab above the rest. Gilbert Arenas, my guest, and this is what I'm talking about. You get some new media, you get some anecdotes. You can't get this anywhere else. Gil, tell them where they can find Gil's Arena, where it's on, when it is on, and they can get some more of this great content. Where do the listeners and viewers go to get it? 
Uh, right now, we're on YouTube, Gills Arena, uh, presented by uh, Underdog Fantasy. You know, right now, we're not live. Uh, we're coming on about you know, 2 30, 3 30 uh, Pacific time. So um, we're going to be changing probably by April. We'll be going live, you know, 11 30 Pacific time. You know, right now, um, you know, we got Josiah. Uh, Johnson, Marcus Johnson's son, you know, he was part of the 70s, so he gave us a lot of insight. Um, we have, uh, to my left will be Rashad McCants on, on Wednesdays, Tuesdays, uh, Brandon Jennings, you know, so I have, you know, friends, you know, um, Nick Young would be stopping through and, you know, just have some of the players that, you know, played this game that just want to, you know, give back to their fan base. I like it. Good crew. Tell Josiah said, what's up? He used to work on my TV show on Showtime. I think he's great. Really talented guy. Gil, great to get <laughs> yes, caught up great, with you, yeah. man. Appreciate you. Appreciate the stories and the anecdotes, man. Have a great day. Gil, we'll do it again soon. Uh, uh, thank you for having me. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. Nolan Smith is my guest. Nolan, great to have you on. How are you? Oh, how you doing, man? I'm just happy to be here on live with you and talking to you. See how you doing. My man, I appreciate that. That is awesome. That is a great response. That pumps me up. I am really happy to talk to you and see how you're doing, especially after yesterday. Why don't we start with that blazing 40 you ran? <laughs> Initially, your unofficial time first was 444, and I thought your reaction was incredible, man. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm overreacting. But, my man, you look pissed. What went through your mind when you saw that time at first, and what were you looking to run when you went there? Um, I was really looking to run, you know, in the, in round of four, three, five ranges. Um, I ran four, I ran four, three, nine. I thought I ran a four, 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 and I was even more pissed because, you know, I tweaked my hamstring a little bit, and I just didn't want to risk it. And it wasn't even like a big strain. You know, my trainer just said, "No, don't risk it." You know, you gave it. It looked it good. I said, but the, the number on the board didn't look good to me. And I really wanted to run again, and they just told me don't. And I was just like, oh, man. I don't mess with you. you know, this is your only shot. This is your only chance. And I just really wanted to put my best foot forward. I appreciate that response so much. I, I could see exactly what you must have been thinking. Like, I, I'm not going to get another shot. You want to run again. They're telling you not to. But then it comes back, and it's officially a 4-3-9. What did you think then? Yeah, then that changed my whole day around, you know. I was like, oh, yeah, man, I was really slim. But you never know the official times. You know, Ryan, um, R.C., I call him R.C., um, the guy that had a proactive, he, he told me, he said, don't worry about the times on the board because most of the time they're wrong and they just do it for TV. And I was like, no, Coach, I was just nervous because they said, it said a time on the board that I didn't like to run. <laughs> Nolan Smith is joining us. I don't know what was cooler, to see a guy your size running like that or to see the reaction of your Georgia teammates back on campus when they were watching you run and celebrating your accomplishment. I thought that was the coolest thing. What did you think about their reaction and how hyped they were for you? Oh, man, that's just connection, man. That's just to show you how close the Georgia program is, you know, and how much I love those guys and how much they love me. And, you know, we're a team, and those are my teammates forever, man. We're back-to-back -back national champs for some of those guys that played on the field with me. And some of those guys, they won their first championship ever. And some of those guys, they won their third or fifth championship. But it's in, you know, a big level, big college football, and it's hard. So, you know, it's just a connection piece, and we love each other, and we cheer for each other. Nolan Smith joining us. You know, having said that, there's that bond, there's that connection. You guys obviously are family. You love each other. So given that the combine, like I've never actually run or jumped or done anything at the combine, but dude, it just seems like it's really intense and really kind of bizarre on some level. How much did it help to have as many teammates with you there as you did? Because Georgia had like a dozen guys there. Yeah, it just makes you feel comfortable. You know, it almost feels like remember in the locker room and you reminisce times and you talk about all the good days you had and all the good things that you did and 
You know, I went to go hug Chris as soon as I seen him. I hugged Keely as soon as I seen him. You walk to meetings, you see Broderick Jones. You walk to meetings, you see Darnell walking to meetings. And we talk to each other in the hallway, and it just really calms you down from going to those formal meetings to the interviews and all of that stuff. So, you know, it really helps a lot. Noah Smith is joining us. So not only did you run well, you showed your hops and your ability to get off the ground. You had a 41-and-a-half-inch vert. You had a broad jump of 10 feet, 8 inches. Given the grind emotionally and physically from rehabbing that pec injury and preparing for the moment, how pleased were you with the way you showed up overall in Indy? Um, I really did. I showed up overall well. Um, you know, me and Coach Capretta were just really worked hard on he said, you know, we got to get your body back to what it used to be and sometimes like, even more. And, he you know, he asked certain things from us throughout the week and even the whole group of guys that we worked out with. It just felt like a genuine football team again. And it was a place where we can grow, learn. We had fun, man. We did some road trips. We rode some. We went up some hills, ran on some sand dunes, and it was just fun. And then even some days we built our connection piece together by going paddleboarding and stuff. So even the pros even build a connection piece with each other when they're working out. And it's just good to see the things that I learned from Georgia transitioning to the NFL. You know, and you know what you have? You have really good energy. And but what I mean by that is, like, you're embracing all of it. When you say things like, man, it was fun. It was fun to run up sand dunes. Like, there are guys that love to play on Saturday. There are guys who love to play on Sunday. There are guys who love to play. And then there are guys who love the process and love everything about it. Or even if they don't, they get themselves to are you one of those guys? I mean, do you love the entire process and everything that goes into playing on Saturday or Sunday? Yeah, that's what I tell people. You know, being two years at Georgia, you must become a great follower before you become a great leader. And we had a lot of great speakers come in, and they said the same thing. They said, you must follow before you leave. And I just followed disease and just saw how he worked, and he loved the process. And that was one guy that day in, day out, he didn't even say a word. He just worked. And just seeing how he worked and just knew, I knew in my head, that's how I want to work. Just go in day in, day out and just be happy to be there, man. Because, you know, a lot of people aren't living the, living anymore just because of simple things. And life isn't always given. And we do play the best game ever. We're talking to Nolan Smith. Nolan, I know you worked on your mind. I know because you said to reporters, quote, you want to create an iron mind, a mindset where nothing could hurt me. How does that work? How do you create an iron mind? David Goggins. That's yes, all I, got I was going to say, dude. I was going to yeah, say, that is some Goggins stuff right there. I knew it. Yeah, man. Can't hurt I, me. Can't I, hurt me, right? Can't hurt me. Can't hurt me. That's probably the best book, and I'm not even finished yet. I'm probably on page 100. Um, I read it when I was in training, and then I just I read it com completely while I was in training, and then I picked it back up while I was at draft because – I just wanted to put down the mock drafts and all the, the talk of the, what the people were saying and stuff like that when they just – some know football and some of them don't. So I just put it down and just wanted to pick up a book. Um, You know, I was reading – I thought about it. Like, I used to read math books and stuff that I study for class, and I was like, this is the only time that I can actually go in Barnes and & Noble and read something that can relate to me and my life. Nolan Smith, my guest. I was asking about math really quickly about Goggins. Nolan, I'm an old head. I've done this 30 years. I've interviewed pretty much everybody there is to interview in every single sport. And I do that not to brag on myself, but just I've done this long enough. And this is what I do. They pay me to talk to people and interview people. From me to you, I met Goggins. I had him in the studio that I'm sitting in right now that I'm talking to you about or talking to you from, I'm going to tell you, dude, it was one of those moments. For all the people I've ever interviewed, I'd been waiting on months to meet this cat, and he lives up to all the hype, man. That guy's no joke. No joke. Man, I would love to meet him in person. Um, I just think he can help me as far as my game and just my mindset because I do want to play 15 years in the league, and you have to have an iron mind to do that. And if I think if I just mentally train with him – and just do some of the stuff that he does during, like, my off-season when I have free time instead of, you know, going to do certain things and do the things that the military do, man. They crawl through sand. They do sit-ups in the water. And if I want to do that by myself. I don't need nobody there. I just want him to create that iron mindset. And then if I go with RC and go train and actually get ready for football – no, I think I can create a little good recipe if I can reach out to him. You, he, he's tough to get to now, man, and he's really big. I'm not saying I did this yesterday. I did it before his first book, and then I'll text him once in a while. He is a big, big dude now. 
I mean, great guy, great guy. But the best thing is, as big as he is, you would never know because he's still about that mindset. He's still about that grind. He's still about putting in the time. He's still about doing the work. Really quickly, you mentioned math. I want to make this a point too. You, you're a math major. I mean, I think I, st- I would stand a better chance of playing football at Georgia than I would majoring in math at Georgia. So do you love math or did math always just come easy to you? Math came easy to me also just because I'm an animal of repetition. You know, you do it till you can't get it wrong. And, you know, that's what we say at Georgia. And that's what I believed in and just my life. You know, it's just some things about that equation when you look at it. It's kind of like diagnostic a play. You know, you just look at it there for a second, and then you read it and learn how to manipulate it. And just like reading the tackle's body language, as soon as he get down, he's going to tell you everything about the play, from the backfield set to the tackle stance. So just sitting there looking and working through an equation is almost peaceful to see how it works and comes together and works all the way through. And it's kind of just like 11 guys playing defense. We all have to work and come together and do the same things over and over again for 75 plays in order to have a good defense. Never has math sounded so cool. Nolan, really quickly, what is an NFL team going to get if it selects you? Well, first, you know, a lot of – a lot of teams said when I was a hard worker, they wanted to know what else. So I'm just going to earn the trust of the, the team the team first and the locker room and the vets and, you know, meet with them and see what keeps them going and how they veterans in the league and earn, try to earn the respect of the team and then hopefully earn the respect of the coaches and their trust. You know, they have to trust you in order to put you out there because they're putting their jobs on the line, honestly. So, you know, I have to do that and just show up every day, be the first one in, the last one to leave. A lot of people say it, but a lot of people don't do it. Man, I love that. I love that you understand, Nolan, that like, hey, whatever we did in college, I've got a couple of natties. I put up some big numbers. I'm going back to zero. I have to re-earn that trust wherever I go, and I, and I know that. Good on you. What a great conversation. I mentioned I love the energy. I thought you performed lights out yesterday. You showed up just as well today. Appreciate you, Nolan. Thank you very much. Find a place to live and work in a team, and I'm going to look for you once you get settled once again in the NFL. Yes, sir. I really appreciate you talking to me and taking the time out of your day. You know, you didn't have to do this, and I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, yeah. You know I love that sound. That is my favorite sound ever. That is the best kind of sound because that is the best kind of notification because what that sound is is another sale on Shopify. The moment another business dream becomes a reality. I love it. Shopify, the commerce platform, which is revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Here's how this works. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. And it covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And what's incredible to me is Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, they're there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business and take it to the next level. Now it's your turn to get serious about selling and trying Shopify right now. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period of shopify.com slash Rome, all lowercase R-O-M-E. Go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. Take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E Rome. What up, Pooch? How you doing? Uh, Rome, Rome, Rome!
Do what the dog said. Rack him. Rack He's out. He's like, Romy Rome, Jack Savage, more like Jack Tame, more like Jack Mild. Jack, you're almost official. You're not official until you come in here and you do a Q&A with me, but you're almost official. I didn't really talk as much on the program about the family, the family, because I always thought that was really private. And I was always pretty private myself. And then the world changed and social media takes hold and everybody's posting everything and people want to know and people want to be let inside and people want to have access. And I really couldn't do what I do here if I didn't have support of the family. Dodger Jano. And then if you know the show and you listen to the show, you followed my whole family life, right? Dodger Jano and I get married in 97 a few years later, Jay comes, and it's, it's actually show fodder because I left the show while Janet was giving birth to Jake. I left the show. It was in the last segment one day, and I had to bust out. So, like, you follow along, and I start to open up a little bit and talk more about the kids, and I don't want to get too caught up in that because who really wants to hear about other people's kids? Like, Dodger Jano will not appreciate this. But Dodger Jana was constantly telling me about everybody's kids because she's a really good person and loves everybody and loves everybody's kids. Me, I'm, I might. There's some kids I really want to know about and no offense. There's some that I care about and I hope good things for, but I don't need an update on every kid and what they're doing. So I'm cognizant of that. And I don't want to hit you over the head with it. But some of you kind of get a kick out of our two kids. I'm sure some of you don't care. But Rogan Loam has become a topic on the show because of, well, Rogan Loam. His actual name is Logan, but Jeff and Richmond butchered it. And Rogues, Rogan became Rogues. And Rogues kind of a character. He's a funny kid. So I talk about him, and I mentioned yesterday it was his birthday, and come to find out he's got the same birthday as John Bon Jovi and the same birthday as Chalk's better half, and I mentioned that there was a big baseball game yesterday. So let me update you on Rogues. Rogan Loam, as glossed by Jeff and Richmond, if you're new to it, is a senior in high school. He pitches for University High School in Irvine. University High School had a big league game against Laguna Hills at Laguna Hills yesterday. I'm never exactly sure how they're going to use Logs. Sometimes he starts. Sometimes he comes out of the bullpen. We don't ever really know. Logs tells me yesterday he thinks that he'll pitch, but probably be the second guy in. So Uni is in tough. Our, our starting pitcher, Austin Barnes, a.k.a. Barnyard, was dealing. High school, they play seven innings. So they go to the seventh inning, and university, our school, is down one nothing, And we've already lost one game in league this year, one nothing. And I'm like, damn, here we go again. So I'm thinking, we're going to lose another tough one-run game. Logues is not going to get in because Barney's doing a bang-up job. And then Uni is able to scratch out a run in the top of the seventh on an error by Laguna Hills. It goes to the bottom of the seventh. Home team has a chance to win. Game tied up at one. Laguna Hills gets the potential winning run to second. Nobody out. The coach goes to Rogues in the pen. Honestly, I don't think Logan has ever been in that situation. Logan has gotten himself into trouble, but they've never gone to Logan out of the bullpen with the winning run and scoring position and nobody out. All right, so Dodger Jano is shaking. I can't lie to you. I'm pretty anxiety-ridden. I can only imagine what the kid's thinking. So Logs goes into the game. Winning run on second base. Batter grounds out to second. Does his job. Advances the runner to third. Winning run on third. One man out. Infield in. Rogues gets a ground ball, runner nailed at the plate. Rogues works out. They go into extra innings. I'm like, damn, why is this so nerve-wracking? 
Like, the kid's not going to play college baseball. They're, frankly, I love our high school and I love the kids. They're no powerhouse. Why is this so anxiety-ridden? Why am I so anxious? So, Uni scores the go-ahead run in the top of the 10th. Rogues is still out there on his 18th birthday and goes out for his fourth inning of work in relief on a day when he tells me he's got no command of his slide piece. Rogan Loam has three pitches. He's got a slide piece. He's got a fastball that's not that fast. And he's got a changeup that he doesn't really use. In other words, he's got one pitch. And it's not working for him. So he's left with a fastball that, frankly, he can't throw by anybody. But if he's getting good movement and he spots it, he's got a shot. Uni's got that one-run lead. Rogues is in his fourth inning of work. Gets to the last batter. And if you're watching on TV, we have video. This is what happens. So if you're listening on one of our several hundred radio stations, you're like, great, Rome. Awesome audio. If you're watching on CBS Sports Network, though, you saw it. And if you heard that, let's go! That was not Tom Brady. That was Rogan Loam. Have a day, Rogues. Rogan Loam. Have a day on your 18th birthday, no less. So I'm asking, does anybody have video? Does anybody have video? Because I never know what to do. Like, I don't, I don't want to be the dad with the camera in the fence and then have the kid pick up the dad and be like, hey, he, dad, really? So I'm asking around, does anybody have video? And then the kid, Rogue, says to me, and I quote, this is what Logan said to me, quote, I don't know if you want to post that, Pop. Kid rocked me with a piss missile. That was his quote to me. I don't know if you want to post that pop. Kid rocked me with a, quote, piss missile. To which I responded, a piss missile that you had already gotten about two feet off the ground on with a let's go before your center fielder even caught the ball. So a lot of you clones were up in the comment section saying things like, man, enjoy it, Rome. Enjoy it, Rome. It goes so fast. Enjoy it, Rome. It goes so fast. It'll never be better. Dude, I know. I know. We have another one that already graduated that came through in Jake. Believe me, I know this. Speaking for most parents, and I think I'm speaking for all parents, unless you're really selfish and you're a bad parent, when good things happen to your kids, it is so much more exciting. It is so much more gratifying than anything that could ever happen to us. Believe me, Rogues and his teammates were feeling it but I was five times more nervous and five times more hyped than the kid was. And I didn't even do anything. And the kid did all the work. Like today, I still want to talk about it, and he'd already moved on. Like he's already, again, ignoring me on text, ignoring everything. Either way, rogues, proud pop here. Way to dig in, kid. Benny Hanna is on me tonight, dude. Way to dig in. I love you very much. I'm proud of you. Benny Hanna is on me tonight, dude. It's bulk season. Get your sodium on. A lot of you were up in the comments too going, yo, yo, it's bulk season. Look at the kid. He was funny. It's a piss missile pop. You, don't want to, you do not want to post that. I'm like, yes, I do. I'll mention that you no hit them for four innings. Doesn't matter, dude. Doesn't matter he squared that up. It went right at your center fielder. That was fun. Radio Raheem here. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. A tremendous Monday to you. What's going on? My name is Jim Rowe. Got a lot of show for you coming off the weekend. So, feeling good. Nice to have you here. Let's get it. Seriously, the association was on one this weekend. That's not what the Mavericks brass had in mind when they made that deal for Kyrie Irving. Yeah! I'm the savior here. I'm not playing. Fox got to stop somewhere, right? When you blow a 27-point lead in the NBA, plenty of blame to go around here. Just not with me. I'm watching, just like you guys. <laughs> That's the sound of my Lakers breathing down the neck of the rest of the Western Conference. Hey, pretty girl. You need a phone? Oh, come on.
Come on, stop over here, girl. Hey, oh, that's all right, that's all right. Next time. Hey, girl, I like your Lakers shirt, though. Randy Bennett joining us. That league was the league then. And UNLV was just, I mean, they're going undefeated. And they were the show. But you can't simulate it. Somebody asked me, hey, right. turn on music. You know, I'm like, no, that's not going to get it. Pre-game introductions. It's not appropriate. During the start of the next game, does Brandon go it. with handcuffs, then getting put into the back of a squad car intro? Definitely will not happen again. Can the walk-on read Miller his Miranda rights? Sam Monson, Aaron Rodgers, right? How did he grade out compared to the other starting quarterbacks in his own division? I thought for a horrible moment, you were going to ask me to grade his darkness retreat. I was going to say, look, that's I might follow with that, dude. 23 of the most important games of my career. A pop and a scream. That sounded painful. He was staring at 23 of the most important regular season games of his career, and he made it through two. This guy sounds so constipated. He must be popping a forehead vein, straining to lay a couple of mud bricks. Joe Kelly, my guest. I mean, let's just say that I am a big fan of Rob Manfred. I wouldn't have said this, you know, months and months ago. He's actually a respectable guy. Wait, what? Joe, did you just say that you like the commissioner? Yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> Quote me there. Why do you think the teams in the division are farther ahead at this point? Look at this quarterback. Quarterback. Every time he signs makes me laugh. <laughs> How did he get so bad? Now he's shooting bullets at my head. Hey, Coach, can you build upon the R-E-X and the A-B-Q participation? No. What about that Wells tweet? No. What about Larry? No. We got to get different guys in there. You don't like it? Then just tune it out. If him trying to figure out his life is bothering all of you so much, and you can't stop stressing out and obsessing over, quote, his life, maybe you're the one who needs to turn the lights off for a little while. Twitter! Hey, Mike. Mike D., shut your mouth. Craig, did you really just ask me how is the dysfunction in Green Bay any different than what is happening in Alabama? Do not confuse somebody going into a darkness retreat for four days with somebody being shot in cold blood. What is the difference? Holy Daniel Jeremiah joining us. The gym, do you know how many bad baseball teams I went and watched? This can't be reality, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous, the number of studs, and they're all locked up for like a decade. We'll see what happens with Soto. Well, I'm going to assume that Soto is going to get done, then I'm going to wait for Shohei. <laughs> Suddenly, Duke Tobin is Duke Tobin, and he's not getting rid of T. Higgins ever. You cannot have a wide receiver Ever! Certainly Duke Tobin is Duke Tobin, and we're going to the Super Bowl forever! Happy birthday, son. You're now legal and free to pay your own bills. Have a great life. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Crickets. And then I wrote, JK, love you. Happy birthday. How you feeling? You know what he said of that? Nothing. Shaka Smart joining us. He looks a little bit like a choir boy, but he's one of those basketball players that will cut your heart out for a basket or a stop. And that's why I'm so grateful to have him on our team. What's your beef? The baristas ask me if I want cream and sugar in my coffee after I've just ordered black coffee. Then they decide they're not going to save at the timeshares. They're going to rent those weeks out instead. And they live in Naples, Florida. They drive me up the wall. Hey, Jimmy, it's your boy Peter North here. My beef is with all this load management crap. You know, back in my day, though. Ah. Smash down there! Gilbert Arenas is my guest. When I came into the league, there was a Blazers game where a packet of cocaine is falling out of socks. And as a young kid, I'm like, why would you have it in the game? Are you planning on doing it on the bench? Bench the cocaine. Nolan Smith is my guest. Yes, sir. I really appreciate you talking to me and taking the time out of your day. You didn't have to do this. I just wanted to say thank you. saying you misjudged the part. I know. What I'm saying is I <laughs> my pants. <laughs> I'm a famous person as of two months ago. Now rap me out. Oh. I'm going to fight him if I ever see him. Joke! That's how I feel. And by ever, I mean never. I mean, respect yeah. for you, man. You Thanks, too. Man. You're a legend, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. I like Rob Manfred. You can find me any point you want, anytime over the next five weeks. How does my ass taste today? Or Lady Clone. I love you, bro. I love you too, man. Penny Hanna is on me tonight, dude. Penny Good night now! Good night now!